I wake up every single day, I am who I say I am. And I get what I get because I live in B-Smoke. Stop being gazelle, you're not average. You're not even good, you were born to be great. We keep What's going on, world? Welcome to another edition of the Secret to Success podcast. I'm your host, CJ, joined by the the the, uh, the the biggest and baddest in the game, the the Ali of the of the speaking game, the the Black Mamba of the speaking game. Hmm. Hmm. I'm a bad man. The hip hop preacher. Also, I got my uh, my beautiful co co host. Uh, the Barbados sensation, Carl, brother Carl, what's going on, man? Hey, can I be the Golden State Warriors? Can uh, I be them? You, absolutely, I give you that. Yeah, you, the, the, the seventy-three <laughs> win no Barbados doubt. sensation. Uh, <laughs> man, thanks for joining us, guys. Appreciate you guys coming back, man. We're excited, as you can imagine. This is going to be, you know, a crazy episode, man. We purposely waited until uh, Thursday morning to do this. So that we could uh, bring you the, the the info fresh and hot off the press, and I'm gonna go straight into the new segment we got called "Am I Tripping or?" And guys, am I tripping or did the Black Mamba, Kobe Bean Bryant, go for sixty last night? Mm, mm, mm. Mamba out, Mamba out, bro. I, I, I'm gonna be real, like you know, the game we on the East Coast, the game come on 10:30 in the West Coast. So I, I wanted to stay up, right? I was like, yo, I'm going to stay up as long as I can and try to watch this finale. You know what I mean? Like, this dude is, you know, one of the greatest of all times, you know, and I, I wanted to see the farewell. So I know me, and I know I'm not going to make the whole game, so I recorded it, and I fell asleep around halftime, got up early this morning, and didn't look at my phone, didn't want to check any text, anything, and put on like the second half and kind of skip through it, you know, the commercials and stuff like that. And what I saw, man, was I'm, I'm still in shock. Like Kobe goes for 60 on his farewell game. And I was just like, it was, it was, it was mad emotional. It was like, you know, everything just to see somebody who grinded that hard and worked mm-hmm. that hard, you know, go out like that. I mean, it was probably one of the best farewells that I've ever seen from an athlete oh, ever. in my entire life, man. And I was just, I, I was inspired. I was moved. Like, I've been on 10 this morning um, ever since, you know, watching that. And so, um, I guess, E, my question for you is, uh, being, you know, at the top of your game, you know, in your prime, what did that moment mean to you last night? Well, you know, um, and I don't want to get too deep for my listeners, but the only thing I could think about you know, was when I left Michigan State University, and a lot of people don't know my reasoning, because I was already doing speaking before I came to the university, and I kind of took a sabbatical and took a job. And, you know, for me, that job was really about security for my wife. You know, if, you, if, you, if you're married and you want to have a healthy marriage, you understand that, you know, there's some sacrifices that you have to make in order to, you know, you got to compromise to some extent. And so, you know, I took the part, uh, the full-time job. I took the benefits. You know, I, I, I did the stability thing for my girl. And I wasn't even making the kind of money I was making my first time speaking. But I, I wanted her, you know, to kind of be at peace. And I remember when we left, you know, and when we left, I'm not going to lie. It, it didn't take long to get back in the game. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like 
six months to a year. As soon as I made up in my mind that like I need to lead this, get to that um, back to that, you know, that passion, get back to that fire. It didn't take long. And I remember Didi came to me and I call you on it. See, but I remember she came to me and she said, you know, like I see that you guys are doing well, but how long you think this going to last? You know, how long you think this going to last? And I'm going to be real. I'm a dude that's got a lot of faith, but my wife's fear, because I know she loved me, she loved the kids. I was a little like, okay, <laughs> right, right. how long is it going to last? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm thinking it's going, I ain't never thought to ask myself the question because I'm thinking it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a minute. And let me tell you something, man. Watching Kobe last night put up the 60, bruh. This is just not for me. All y'all out there, you know, who you either question yourself, or your wife's questioning you, you know, or your, your, your husband's questioning you, or your mom's questioning you, or maybe even your own staff is questioning you and saying, how long can we do this? Kobe answered that for me last night, bro. Kobe answered that for me last night because I'm thinking Kobe about to go out with the 10, 12 points. Like, bro, I'm going to be real. I, I didn't even really watch the game. I watched a couple minutes of it. I think he had put up two threes. He had put up like a, a two-pointer close to the rim, two threes. And I'm like, oh, that's cute. Kobe got a couple points. So let's go ahead and get over the game. The Jazz need to win this game, you know, for the playoff position. This is cute. Everybody in the building. You know, I saw Ice Cube put up a post. I'm not going to be able to make it tonight. You know, I'm, I'm on the set. You know, and so I'm thinking, ah, whatever. I ain't even watched the game. I went on here and watched Golden State. And when I found out this morning he put up 60, I was like, it can last as long as you're willing to grind. You know, as long as you're willing to die for this thing. You know, he, he, he sacrificed for this game. You know, he was the first there, the last to leave. Like, we all know that he was a killer. You know, he had a killer instinct. And so for me, man, I'm talking about bump basketball for my personal life. I felt like, yo, E, you can dominate in this space for as long as you're willing to, as long as you're willing to get up early in the morning, as long as you're willing to stay up late, as long as you're willing to grind. It don't make a difference what age you're at. You can dominate this space if you're willing to give sweat, blood, and tears. So, man, just, you know, like I said, I didn't mean to be, you know, deep with it, long-winded with it, but... I'm I'm pumped up right now, man. I'm fired up. Yeah, no, and I think for me, yeah, I, I agree with you, man, but I think for me, you know, I was watching the game last night, and, you know, when we talk about success, you know, we talk about consistency, we talk about discipline, and E, I'm looking at Kobe, like, body, and I'm like, man, like, yo, he looked the same mm-hmm. now as he looked yeah. 10 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like my man was out there 250, you know, slow with it. Now, he might not be able to do physically the things he could do, but if you look at how he takes care of his body, if you look like, yo, I just know Kobe ain't smashing out like that. Like, my man probably got a strict diet. You know, he has devoted everything to his craft. And, you know, when I was watching it this morning, everything. you know, I was like, man, it's a lot of parallels between E and Kobe in that discipline area. Like, yo, it's things that E just doesn't do or just doesn't, you know, get into. And I think that's you know, what has made you great, what makes him great, which makes all the greats great, is the fact that their craft comes before everything. We talked about honoring your craft at the conference in Maryland the other day. You know, you were big on that in D.C. Um, you know, just honor your craft. Like, you, 
you had said something that I was listening to the audio playback yesterday. You talked about, I can't even eat the food on the plane because there's a possibility that maybe something's wrong with the food and I could get sick. And I was like, whoa, like, I guess while we were there, I think you said it in the VIP session. I didn't even really catch it like that. But when I listened back and really thought about what you were saying, I was like, whoa, he just said he not going to eat nothing on the plane and don't bring him any water or anything out of a cup. I needed out a bottle of water because I cannot afford to get food poisoning. I can't afford to be sick. And I was like, yo, I never even thought about that. I'm on the plane smashing out to be real. I'm like, I'm hungry. But, you know, the discipline that you talk about, you know, and that you instill, you know, I wonder how you feel like, you know, that relates to your success and why you take that much care of everything you do as it relates to speaking and as it relates to, you know, inspiring the world. Yeah, well, when you look at Kobe, you know, you look at somebody like, uh, what's the other guy, Tim Duncan, like when you look at Michael Jordan, you could you could see him. It's funny, my boy Kagia said something to me this morning about it. You, you have to prepare differency for three years of success, five years of success, 10 years of success, 20 years of success. Like it, it's a different mentality. And I think sometimes when cats look at me, they like, yo, E, why are you getting up at three? Why are you doing this? Like it don't take all that to be successful. And you're right, it doesn't. But it does take all that to be successful for the long haul. If you, you know, because we, when you talk about basketball, and I could be wrong, but I think the last time I worked with the league, they told me that the average player played for about three to five years. So you're looking at Kobe putting in 20. You're looking at Tim Duncan putting in 20. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a different level of discipline. It's a different mindset. It's a different way to approach the game. So for me, see, I just don't see it as, you know, like, uh, I'm going to be doing this for five or six years. I like, I want to do this to, till I die. And so there's a way I have to take care of my voice. There's a way I have to take care of my body. You know, there's a way I have to take care of this company. You know, uh, take care of our image. Like, for real. It, it, that's, so, it's, so I guess I'm just saying that if you only want to be successful for five years, I mean, you could destroy your body. You could do what you want to do when you want to do it. If you only plan on doing it for six years. But if you plan on doing something, see, 20, 30, 40 years, Man, the type of preparation so that you can maintain, like you can't miss changing your oil. You can't miss rotating your tires. Like you can't miss changing the spark plug and getting the tune up if you plan on keeping that car for 20 years. But if you're just going to run through it in four to five years and she totally like just tow down, then you don't got to change the oil. You don't have to rotate the tires. But if, but if you want that Mercedes to last 20 years, that Rolls Royce to last 30 years, man, you're going to have to do a different type of maintenance. Michelle, Michelle asked him, what's her name? Michelle Tafoya, I think, is the girl to do the questions and stuff. And she asked him at the end of the game, like, Kobe, like, like what are you thinking? What are you feeling? Like, you know, I don't see the emotion I expected. And his response blew my mind. Simple. And, I mean, that's exactly what he's saying. But he said, I left it all out here like I ain't got nothing else to leave there ain't no more emotion I left everything I had I put it all in I ain't leave nothing back so I'm watching him like yo he ain't cry and see you and I talked to him before before the game about it like yo the, the, the little pre-game thing is going on and I'm like Kobe just sitting there smiling and I'm like, yo, my man is like ice cold. But literally, at the end of the day, he knew he had put every fiber in his body into making this thing a reality, man. And he just went out like, I, I think his, 
his thing at the end of it, like, yo, I did what I set out to do. Like, I really had that measure of success in that genre of my life. And I mean, who knows what's next for him, but I don't see Kobe failing at nothing after this. Yeah. But, no, yeah, that part just blew my mind. Yeah, man. no, it blew my mind, too. And what else blew my mind is, like, like when you study the greats, right, and, and you know, Kobe obviously is great, and you look at, you know, not even athletes, guys. We're just talking about anybody who's, I mean, at the absolute top of their profession, right? So you talk about... Kobe, Jordan, you know, you talk about Steve Jobs, you know, Bill Gates, um, Lionel Messi, you know, just whoever, whoever's at the top of their game. And you always notice, like, they're almost obsessed with being great. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like sick. Like, it's almost like a psychotic type of thing where, for real, they just refuse to lose, like, the, the motor that they have, the energy that they have. And... I'm wondering what you guys think in terms of like, you know, have you noticed this? And 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 do you, do you think it's a coincidence that the greatest, you know, individuals who have accomplished the most on earth all have this like, almost like a cr- evil, crazy genius type of thing going on? Yeah. So my my question, my question to answer your question, see, and I was thinking about it last night. Which comes first? Do you have some ridiculous God-given ability that you get first, or do you have a ridiculous work ethic first? That's the question I was asking myself last night, and I can't—I don't know the answer to it, but I know that both elements are there in full force. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got this talent, but it's not enough, because we know there's al- other talented athletes especially. You know what I'm saying? You could see in the T.O.s of the world that you got amazing talent, and just something just doesn't work out right. But there's, there's something about these dudes, man, that when they just lock onto a goal, it's just, it's a wrap. Like, they're not stopping that pit bull. They're not stopping until that, I'm talking about the teeth is locked in your arm. They're ripping your arm off. It's nothing else going to be left. So, I, I, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Right, right. No, I, I agree. That's a great question and a great point. But I think for, you know, people who are listening, you know, you know me, I always like to bring it back down to, you know, our day-to-day lives, right? You know, we're not all Kobe. We're not all going to have a, a, an arena of 20,000 people chanting our name. But, like, when we talk about your own craft and honoring your own craft, like what you do on a day-to-day basis, I don't care if you're selling cars, insurance, I don't care if you're an entrepreneur, like, you have to become obsessed with that thing. You have to know your craft inside out, spend time with it all day, every day in order to get to that next level, in order to be great, in order to be considered great. Um, amongst the greatest in whatever your particular field is. And last night was just a testament to, for real, when you lock in on a goal and work as absolutely, you know, uh, insanely hard as you can, you know, anything is possible. And I watched Kobe and, you know, he came up, you know, one short of MJ. But I guess the question I want to pose to you as we kind of round out this Kobe thing is, I'm going to, matter of fact, let's do it like this. I'm going to say a couple names and you all vote whether you think Kobe is above them or not. So we'll start right from the top and I'll say, which I think I know your answer, uh, Michael Jordan. Close, but hey, no. Just underneath. Okay, just how about underneath. how about we go to another <laughs> Laker who also has five rings, who revolutionized the game, Magic Johnson. Yeah, I'm gonna say definitely. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, Right there. Oh, you know no, right saying? there. Yes right or no. There because, you, know, you stop hedging. Yeah. <laughs> I, need that, I need yes or no. You taking Kobe oh, or I'm gonna Magic? I'm going to say yes then. Yeah, if you're going to make me go yes or no, I'm going to go Kobe. Yeah. Ooh. 
I'm edging, I'm edging Colby. I'm talking about edging a here, a here. Okay, I'm going Magic, um, and not for any particular reason other than the fact that he's from Lansing, Michigan, and I'm from Lansing, Michigan. So I'm gonna go, <laughs> I'm gonna go with him. Um, I don't want to take it back too far to the Bill Russells and you know things of that nature. Um, so we'll just stick with you know kind of the modern day players. But I'll go. What about Shaq? No, I'm still taking Kobe. Yeah, I'm still taking Kobe, bro. Still taking Kobe. And I'm telling you, I'm a Shaq fan. Over Kobe. I ain't never really been no Kobe fan like that. You know, I love me some Shaq, you know, because of what Shaq was able to do as a big man was he revolutionized that position. But in terms of killer instinct, I'm still going with that insane discipline work ethic. I'm still going with Kobe. Okay, how about uh, and this is going to be seem a little off and people might be like, yo, why are you even saying that? But another man who has what five rings, I believe, right? Tim Duncan. Mm. And, and I want to answer as to why if you say t- if you say Kobe explain because Tim Duncan also has five rings been on the same team since he started uh, pretty much all the same you know measurables in terms of you know a- a- accomplishments as Kobe but I'm sure you're both going to go Kobe but I want to know why and why doesn't Tim Duncan get the respect he deserves when we talk about the greatest superstars of all these generations like no I never hear one person like yo Tim Duncan is the one I never maybe if you San Antonio I'm pretty sure you have a different opinion yeah you know I I, I would say because Tim Duncan is an anomaly you know what I'm saying like Tim Duncan is probably a Kobe he might be a Michael Jordan you know from the adverse though like he, he's not vocal you know, so maybe maybe that tenacity that we see in these guys, maybe it's internal for him. And the way he expresses it, you know, is different because he is emotionless. Like you don't ever see him, you know, jumping up and down. You never see, you know, you never you never see any outward, you know, demonstration or outward manifestation of what he's feeling on the inside. You know, so uh, and I'm definitely a Tim Duncan fan. But in this one, I still have to say Kobe because you you, you, you gave us a standard. You know, and 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 that's tangible. I can I can measure Kobe's tenacity, Kobe's heart. You know, Kobe's killer instinct. And, and as I said, Tim Duncan might have the same thing, but it's, it's it's I can't measure it because there's no you know physical manifestation. So I don't know what is. I don't know if it's his talent. I don't know if it's his work. Ethic. I don't know what it is with Tim Duncan. Like I don't know. It's still a mystery. You know what I'm saying? We know that he's producing because of the results. But it's it's weird when you say Tim Duncan. So I'm going Kobe for a different reason. D- and see, you got to answer this for me. D- does Kobe defy our levels theory? Because Kobe came out of high school, mm-hmm. like I'm talking about, no college mm-hmm. at all, and dominated the league from the get go. I mean, different different domination. He was doing the Jordan thing at first, scoring the selfish boy, whatever. But from the get go, my man dominated the league from then till now. Consistency, I'm gonna get Tim Duncan. But overall. Like you coming from high school, like for real, you were not ready for the NBA by the standard of, you know, your body or whatever. Like you don't do no college, you ain't get that formal training, but you were still able to dominate. So I'm still, hey, let me preface it by saying I'm a hardcore oh, Kobe fan, goodness. y'all. So, uh, he's no, a Laker. Let me just let y'all know, I'm a Laker fan. My he's first a Laker. Poster, hey, I'm growing up in Barbados and my first poster, my parents was just like, yo, just choose one. You seem to like basketball. 
I just happened to pick Magic. So I've been a Laker fan from about seven. Yeah, when years you're from old, Barbados, so you're like a free with. agent. You know what I'm saying? Me and E got no, stuck no, with yeah, the Pistons. No, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we ain't get to go to shoes the squad. When you're from Barbados, you're a free agent. You just like, yeah, LA. I like them. Yeah, I, I ain't mad at you. So I think it's safe to say that um, we, I, I, we are, uh, you know, unanimously saying that with the with the exception of Michael Jeffrey Jordan, uh, Kobe is the best to ever do it in this era, man. Shout out to Kobe Absolutely. for inspiring Absolutely. us. Uh, I'm like, e, you know, I'm a Piston fan. I don't really have a whole lot of players other than LeBron that I really, uh, you know, endorse outside of the Pistons. And I'm a LeBron Absolutely. fan. Still, Absolutely. man, it's, it's hard. You know, I'm, I'm hoping he can come through with them chips for me because me and E used to debate all the time oh, and wow. I thought he was going to be better than Jordan. <laughs> oh, well. But it doesn't oh, well. seem like it's going that way right now, but we got some years left, so let's let the jury. I'm not oh, going to bring LeBron into this while he's still in his prime. So we'll let the jury speak no, when he gets his farewell tour on where he stands in the place in history. Hey. He might, he might, he might actually go six for twelve. Hey, well, hey, six for twelve. You still got MJ. So hey, still you know what I'm saying? He might yeah, go six no for doubt, twelve. Man. So no, nah, it was, um, you know, definitely, man. Just the tenacity, the energy that he plays with, Kobe, man. Thank you. Um, you know, we we appreciate the example that you set and that work ethic and just that undying passion. Um, I want to move on. Unfortunately. Um, Kobe scored 60 last night and it was unfortunate if you were a Golden State fan because Carl and I talked before we started the podcast and just said like, yo, that just, I mean, they got the most wins in history. They hit the 73 mark, which we've been talking about all year on the podcast and they did it last night and we serve them up a, a, a cold dish today and put them as the second topic. <laughs> and it's like, man, why did that have to happen on the same night? Like nobody was even, like right. I woke up this morning, I had a thousand text messages in my phone. Not one of them was about Golden State. And I'm like, wow, you know, to achieve what they achieved and get overshadowed like this is, is kind of tough, but I do want to give Golden State their just due. Man, them boys been amazing all year long. Curry, I watched a little bit of that as well, you know, was flipping back and forth early in the first half. Curry was just out there again, just going crazy. I think he had eight threes when he when I turned it off. And, you know, shout out to, to Golden State for another amazing season and breaking the Bulls record. And so I guess, I think it was E, you sent me something the other day and it was Scottie Pippen saying that they would, you know, beat Golden State. And, um... I was like, wow, that was pretty hey, yeah. sweet. Oh, yeah, sweet. sweet. I, and now I know you tripping up for that one, Scotty. I got love for you, Scotty. But <laughs> you, you tripping on that one. But talk about you guys, Golden State, what they accomplished. And for me, that one, you know, when I think about it in terms of where we are, was even deeper because it was such a team effort. Like you got guys on the team that's playing their roles and they got to the 73. What did that moment mean, you know, for you guys? What did you take from that? And do you think uh, the the 95, 96 Bulls, I guess he was referring to, would beat this Golden State team? Well, well let me say this. I think I, I think this is important. I, I, I really think that it was advantageous for them that Kobe scored 60 and nobody made a big fuss of this. Because in reality, you're comparing them to the Bulls. So there's two parts to this. So, so really, the 73 doesn't count without a championship. 
Right. You know right. what I'm saying? So, 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 we, so, so really, it's, 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 Does it's it to their advantage. Like if they lost, say they lost in the finals to Cleveland in like a seven-game series, it won't be the same. It won't be the same. Yeah, it won't be the same. Like, I think the not winning the championship will overshadow the 73, yeah. you know, because it's a package deal. Let's be real. Now, unfortunately, it's a package deal, but 72-10 and the Bulls won the championship. You know, so yeah, I wouldn't I, they, argue you, that you, you, you it, it would have, be a better season to go 72 and 10 and win the chip. But but how much do you think the 73 wins would be diminished if they were not to get a championship? Oh, uh, quite a quite a lot. I think that we wouldn't even be talking about the 73 in our era. We'd have to wait for our kids kids to say <laughs> Golden State won 73 and nine. You know, what I'm saying? like we wouldn't be talking about Golden State the same way if they don't win the championship. Now, if they win the championship, then we're going to say this is one of the best teams. See, because this is what we're talking about. This is one of the best teams in the history of basketball. So you got to get this championship to, to, to be able to say that. So if you don't get the championship, it will be this is one of the best seasons that a team perhaps has had. And that's not what we're going for. We're comparing the 95-96 Bulls, the team, to this team right here, so they have to do it. So I, I'm, I'm like, hey, you want it good? I'm going to celebrate it, and I'll tell you in a minute why I'm going to celebrate it. But I think they have to win a championship. But I'm going to put it on the line and say I think this team has exactly what it takes to win. And I know my boy Jay Williams, AJ. No disrespect, you my man, fifty grand. But Jay Williams said that San Antonio they got it this year, and I and I and, and I, I debate. My thing is if you beat San Antonio a few times during the season, then they've got to beat you to prove that they're the champion. So I, I, I think the Golden State Warriors, you know, have a great chance on winning the championship and being one of the best teams that ever played in the NBA. So, hey, for me, y'all, I think the, the last night, seeing you talk about, you know, how Kobe overshadowed, but for me, the two things, let me just say this, for me, in, in this era, that's the greatest night of basketball I've mm -hmm. ever experienced. Mm -hmm. Greatest night in basketball history for me. And, and what's deep for me is that I got to see two distinct, powerful, like, examples of greatness. Number one is the individual player, like we just talked about, Barr, you know, maybe only Mike. But now you just looked at a team effort now. So I'm saying well, I'm seeing greatness from two different perspectives. Like these boys have just dominated the league now. This is two years straight. And if they do go on to win the championship, like he was saying, like for real, you can't, you can't, I don't know what you say. Like this will be one of the greatest teams in the history of the sport. Like if they can pull this off, you know what I'm saying? Right. And you think about who Golden State going to have to go through. You know, at some point, you're going to have to play the Spurs, who, by the way, you know, have one of the greatest records ever in NBA history as well. You know, I'm saying they just had two great seasons, too. Like, their record last year and this year, is just, I mean, just a couple of games. Right, so it's not like if Golden State yeah, win, you could say it's a down year. You know what I mean? Like, you know, people always want to bring right. that in. But to your point, though, E, I, you know, I guess I somewhat agree with you that 73 wins would be you know, kind of looked upon as, you know, um, not not as big a deal if they weren't to go on to win the championship because as as I was talking, I'm sitting here thinking about, you know, remember the Patriots went 16-0. and Absolutely, 16-0. Yeah, and, and they 0. lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl, and we don't really talk mm -hmm. about that season like that. You At know what all. I mean? We talk about yeah. the season where they might have went 13-3 and and won the Super Bowl, but nobody really remembers or talks about, remember when the Patriots went 16-0? and Like, it doesn't have that. It loses a lot of muster 
when you know you you don't finish off that championship. I agree a thousand percent. Absolutely. And, and I want to say this because I know you asked us a specific question. As a team, how do we feel? But I I I just I just want to say this, man, because and this is probably why I favored Golden State last night, Carl. Mm. So yeah, the 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 Bulls won seventy two, lost ten. I don't know anybody. I mean, that's that's history, without a question. But I don't know anybody, Carl, on that team. What made last night so special is, like, I know Draymond Green. You, you know what I'm saying? It's like, whoa, not only was history made, I know a human being who, who was a part of that history. Mm. So, so I'm not saying it's just personal because I know Draymond. No, I'm saying because I've, this, I've, I've seen this human as an 18-year-old, as a 19-year-old, as a 20-year-old. Like, I remember him being a student athlete. You know, I remember him walking through the halls. Bessie Hall going to class. I remember seeing him at the Breslin. You, you know what I'm saying? I re, I, I've done breakfast or lunch with Draymond. Like, not even Draymond. I'm saying as a, you know, I've had the opportunity to, you know, do some work at his camp. I'm not even talking about Draymond. I'm saying here's a human that was in Michigan who grew up in Saginaw. You know, I'm from Detroit. Every kid in Michigan can now say like, yo, every kid that went to his school, like they have this history that they physically somebody that they know or somebody who lived in their state, somebody who went to their school, whatever, forever. We can say that we know we know an individual on a team, which for me says that no record that's set is a limit for us. So so when the bull and, and the coach Kurt, uh, Kurt said it, Steve Kurt said it, he said, I didn't think in my lifetime somebody would break that record. So what is the irony of your coach played on the 72 and 10 um, season and then he coached the team that beat that particular record. So for me, I'm just in shock that somebody's record does not have to be a limit to me. And so I just want to say this to those of you who are out there like don't I know Draymond like this is a human being. He's real. I've seen his mother before. I just saw Draymond um, on my way here on a commercial and I'm like, yo, this kid this is somebody that we know he's a Spartan. You know, I was at the game when he brought uh, and shout out to Draymond for having the presence of mind to do it. Um, but uh, we played against I think it was the Oregon Ducks and he came to the game and brought the um, trophy spoke to the team before the game with the trophy, you know, uh, and, and, and brought the trophy like I've never seen a trophy before. I've never been that close. Um, to the trophy before I'm not in the NBA. I don't play the game. I'm, I'm, I don't have access, you know, to the league like that. And he brought the trophy home for us to see it. So, so we know that there's nothing we can't do because here's a person that we know that made it happen. So to me, see, I think that's special, you know, um, that, that was probably more special to me. Anything. And then just to add to that, you know, my son wouldn't be a part of the Michigan State basketball program had it not been for Draymond, had it not been for T-Walt, you know. And so this is somebody that, you know, my son knows. And so what it's going to do for my son and his belief system, you know, and how he sets his dreams and what he thinks he can accomplish, that's what made last night special. Not just a record, but a human who I've seen grind since day one and now he's being rewarded for the work, his work ethic is unbelievable. Yeah, no, I love it, man. I love it. And um, yeah, just shout out to, to everything that happened last night. And, and for those of you who 
not into sports like that, you know, I apologize, but you know, we got to go on our, our PTI around the horn, Absolutely. you know, for a few Which minutes. Man, I me promise y'all we're going to get into it. He kicked uh, me off last week yeah, for that. we're going to get into it, but uh, you know, all three of us, you know, are big sports fans and that was just an amazing moment last night. And I hope you, you can draw the parallels between what we're talking about you know, that happened last night and, and what's going on in your life and, and how you can apply it to your situation because sports is a microcosm of life. You know, it, it encompasses every fashion, uh, you know, of, of what we go through in life. You know, the, the, the anger, the tears, the frustrations, the joy, the elation. So there are those parallels. So um, we'll get off of that, man. I want to go into, you know, first of all, I, I promised you know, a couple people that we would take a few more questions. We kind of been um, neglecting the Ask ET segment, so I do want to do a longer uh, Ask ET segment, but I just want to recap Maryland. Man, shout out to everybody who came out to Maryland. I mean, what an explosive, explosive day on Sunday. Uh, it started, we got off the plane. E and I got off the plane probably 9, 30, 10 o'clock. Drove straight to the brunch, the VIP brunch for our uh, Breathe University students. We got a chance to put a face with the net, you know, the, the name and the voice. And, you know, we've been talking to these people and, you know, on the phone with them, on the line, the conference calls, you know, working with them in the study groups and things of that nature. So to finally meet the Breathe University students that we hadn't already met uh, was just an honor. I think there was probably 40 or 50 students that made it out to the brunch. We had an incredible spread, you know, ate great, laughed, um, you know, fellowship, just got a chance to hang out, man, and that was awesome. Drove straight over to the facility for the first VIP, uh, which was crazy. Right afterwards, the second VIP, then leading into the general session, we had our biggest turnout ever in Maryland. I think there was close to six, 700 people there. The arena was packed, standing room only. And so, man, I just, it, it was incredible, you know, to see, you know, the kind of love that, you know, you all showed and just everybody who came out, man, thank you from the bottom of, my, of our hearts. But I do want to touch on the topic that kept coming to the forefront. And I promise you, I'm in the midst of cutting uh, a video and, you know, who knows, maybe this Monday or next Monday, we'll use it as a TGIM. But I alluded to it earlier, Ian, I just want you to touch on it. Uh, and it's honoring your craft, you know, and you talked about it. And I, I talked about how you said on the plane, you couldn't eat. And, you know, you, you had these rituals and these things that you do because you honor your craft. And I think it's so important because, you know, we have a lot of people, obviously, because we speak or, you know, we're in that lane. A lot of people come out and now, you know, they want to speak and they want to, you know, um, you know, motivate people and all of those things. And you talked about it from a different lens at the conference you know, not just for speakers, but just for people in general and honoring your craft. And so can you just run us past, you know, the theme, like I said, for that day, you know, the thing that stood out to me, of course, we don't ever like pre-plan everything we're going to say. We don't have a thousand slides on the PowerPoint. We kind of go from the heart. And I think it naturally gravitated towards the honor your craft theme. And so if you could just expound on that a little bit for the people who weren't able to make it and, and kind of why you yeah, were on that so heavy see. this weekend. Yeah, and I, and I know, see, you you know, you had a master plan, you know, and, and I know for our Breathe University students, they do get access, you know, to all of that information. And sometimes, you know, you, you, you sparingly, you know, give it to the public, and I get that, you know, but if there's any way, if we could just maybe do 30 seconds, you know, of it, you know, um, just for our, 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 our podcast, you know, supporters, I'd like for them, for if only 30 seconds, you know, to hear some of the passion 
um, because I'm not going to be able to produce that same type of passion, you know, right now. I hate Facebook Live, right? Now, you got to hear what I'm saying. Y'all know I go extreme so I can make a point, right? But I hate Facebook Live, and the reason why I hate Facebook Live is because there are two things you need to be successful, right? The first thing you need is measurement. Listen to me. If you can't measure it, don't do it. From this point forth, if you want to be successful, if you cannot measure it, don't do it, right? And number two, accountability. Accountability. Now, this is why I can't stand Facebook Live, because you get to be your own judge of how sweet it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you can't be successful when you the one judging it. That's like you making up a test and taking it. It don't work, right? So this is what I don't like about motivational speaking. There's no benchmark. So anybody could get online and say I'm a motivational speaker. I, I can't stand that. It hurts. Just anybody, they, they, can, just, they can say what I, I'm where ET is. You know what I'm saying? Like, they just wake up one day and just get on Facebook Live and say, I'm a motivational speaker. So we both the same thing now. I'm just, I, you can't, you a doctor, you can't be like, I'm a doctor. No, you can't, you're not a doctor. You go take that test. You got to take that test. You got to go through medical school. You got to take a series of tests before you, you just can't be like, I'm an RN. <laughs> you're LPN. <laughs> you ain't no RN. For real? You ain't no physician, uh, doctor's physician. You ain't, you're not a physician. You feel me? There's levels, but you got to take a test for each level. You can't just be like, I'm a lawyer. You got to pass the bar exam. That's what I'm, um, so I'm But not, I, I, I just want to say to you guys, one of the things that I said, you know, if you consider yourself to be a great basketball player, you know, you're not professional. You kind of do it maybe at the gym or you're in the league or whatever. You know, I, I don't care how good you thought you were. You couldn't just go to the Staples Center and just go hoop with Kobe. You know what I'm saying? There's some rules to it, you know. Uh, you had to do college for a year, you know, uh, and get in the draft and get drafted. And then even after you're drafted, there's the D-League that develops the players or, you know, you're sitting on the bench or either you're playing. So, that, so even if you're drafted into the league, there's a standard, right? Uh, you can't just get up in the morning and say you want to be a doctor or you feel like you're a doctor. Like you legitimately have to go through a series of courses, go to medical school, um, take some tests. You know, I want to be a lawyer. You just can't call yourself a lawyer. There are, you know, the LSAT, you got to study for that. Got to get a certain score, get in law school, graduate from law school, pass the bar exam. You know, and, and I think for some of you, when it comes to entrepreneurship or some of the um, professions that don't necessarily require you know, you to be certified, you know, in a particular area or to take a test, you know, you just feel like, oh, E.T., I just, I'm good at that, you know, and so sometimes I, I tell people like, you know, I see Facebook Live, you know, I see people on YouTube, I see people who've not paid their dues, you know, who are just like, I'm, I'm the man in this field or I belong in this field and, they, and they've not, no sweat, no tears, no blood, you know, they've done nothing at this particular point you know, to deserve to be at that platform. People ask me all the time, E.T., can I speak with you? And it's not that I'm saying I'm deeper than nobody, but I, I've not asked Tony Robbins to speak with him. I've not asked Les Brown to speak on the same platforms. I've not asked, you know, Bob Proctor to speak on the same platform. I've been blessed to be in the presence of some of these guys and to be able to speak, you know, at the same platform, but I didn't ask to speak. You know, I grinded my way to that particular opportunity. So all I was saying was, you got to honor this thing. Like, you can't treat this thing like it's the Mickey Mouse Club. You know what I'm saying? You can't treat this thing like, um, you, you, you know, you could just get up and do it because you feel like doing it. There are some uh, legitimate criteria. There are some legitimate uh, prices that have to be paid to be able to get to this level. And so for me, I honor my craft. You know, Martin Luther King did this. You know, you have people like 
uh, um, um, Winston Churchill, who did this, Mother Teresa did this, you know, Desmond Tutu, you know, did this, Nelson Mandela did this, you know, John F. Kennedy, you know, was a, a, a public speaker, you know, so I, I don't take my crap lightly, you know, um, I was telling somebody the other day, they were saying that, well, I explained to them that they had a, uh, maybe a, a speech impediment and they needed to, you know, uh, really think it through. And they were like, yep, absolutely, you know, I do. And, and, and I need to, you know, think about that. And I need to, I was like, no, 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 no. You need to go pay a professional, you know, to assist you in that area. You need to make an investment. I said, if you played football, you'd have the helmet, the chin strap, the mouthpiece, the cleats, the, 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 the pads, you, you'd have it all. Why? Because you would invest, like you can't say, I'm gonna play football, but I ain't gonna wear no helmet. I'm going to play football, but I'm going to wear my normal shoes. I'm not going to wear cleats. It's not possible. You know, so, so, so see, I'm just saying, I, just because there's no coach, just because there's no association, you know, just because there's no referee, it don't mean you can't, you, it, it doesn't mean you, you shouldn't honor the craft. You know, as a matter of fact, if there's no commissioner, if there's no coach, if there's no referees, if there's no policies and procedures, you, you should seek them out or you should create them so that you can so that you can make sure that you are qualified to do what you're doing. So for real, I do take um, I won't offense is a strong word, but I do take it personal. You know, when people just get up and call themselves motivational speakers, see, they just they did one video or two videos and they just call themselves motivational speakers. They've been in the game for six months to a year and they just no, you got to honor the crap. That's why I got a PhD. See, I honor the crap. You, you understand what I'm saying that that's why you know, um, uh, in terms of some professional development, I've done professional development. I've sat under Bob Proctor. I, I flew to meet um, uh, uh, Les Brown and sat out and talked with Les Brown. Uh, this is why I went and met Grant Cardone because professional development. I just can't make the assumption that I'm sweet like that, you know, that I got it going on. No, I have to put myself around the greats and make sure that I continue to do what I need to do to honor this craft and to like Kobe, and like Steph Curry, to bring a level of excellence every single time I use this platform. Yeah, no, I agree a thousand percent, man. And I think people need to hear that message, and I hope you're catching it. Like, and that's why we always talk about being able to self-assess and find out what it is that you're meant to do and what it is that you're born to do, right? Because once you can self-assess and you can start putting yourself, you know, in position, we always talk about the ten thousand hours. Uh, for those of you who read Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell, we talk about the 10,000 hours a lot. And, and that was a, a, a standard in which we, you know, set a long time ago. And so, you know, while you even before the YouTube and things of that nature, you know, there was a, 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 a hours and hours of work that went into building this particular craft in order to call ourselves, you know, a consulting company in order to call ourselves speakers or, you know, inspirators or motivators. And so now what he is saying is all of a sudden because you have, you know, a platform doesn't make you that like you, you haven't put in those, that grind, you know, that you need to to even have the credibility, right? We talk about building credit all the time. And so if you don't have any credit in the space and you're trying to move in the space, now you might say, how do I build the credit? Will you build the credit through building, you know, through putting in that work on your craft? How many books have you read? How many hours have you studied? How long have you, you know, you've been in this? Is this just something that was cute to you and you just start doing? And that goes for any profession. Absolutely. We're not just See, talking about speaking absolutely. or anything. We're just talking no. about really dedicating yourself 
to what you want to do. He talked about it. He gets up and has worship at three o'clock in the morning, not for him, not so he can blow up so that he can have the correct information in which to tell you or so that he can relay the information that's on his heart to you in the best way. That's honoring your craft, not just picking something up because it's there, not just saying, oh, Facebook Live got a little feature where I can hit the button and go. No, how, how much training do you have? How much time have you, how much money have you invested in this? This is years of conferences, books, like we have read every John Maxwell book, Gladwell, uh, Good to Great. He had us read millions of books before we started doing this work on a certain level. And if you look at me as an example, like for real, you didn't even see me talking or teaching or doing anything for years because I was learning and I was honoring the craft. And so I sat behind the scenes and I learned and I studied and I did all of that before I touched the mic. Why? Because I couldn't use E's credibility as my credibility. I couldn't right. say because right. I know E, because he's my brother and he loves me, E, let me get up on stage and open up for you every time we go somewhere. I never asked to open up for E. Why? Because I wasn't ready yet. I, I, I was honoring the craft. I knew I couldn't get up and speak for E or even introduce him because I wasn't on that level. I didn't have the credibility in the space. And some of you just jumping head first into the water and you wondering why you're not getting anywhere because you have not built up any credit in the space. You don't even know what you're talking about. E talked about it at the VIP session. He was like, yo, just because you got, you know how to uh, uh, tighten a couple screws don't mean I'm going to let you fix my car. Like you can't fix my car because you know how to, you know, fix a, a toaster in the crib. Like it's two different things. Right. You have to become right. a master of what you say you're a master of. Like if you're selling cars, you should know everything about that car. You should study that ride. You should drive that ride. You should look up the reviews and what other people are saying. So that way when somebody comes into your shop in your dealership, you are able to describe this car like nobody's business because you honor the craft and people can tell when you don't honor the craft. For those of you out there, you're doing videos and you know, you, 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 you're trying to inspire people. Let me tell you something. We can see through the fact that you have no depth. The reason people love E is because you know it's coming from a sincere place of depth. And most of you, for real, you're just getting started and that's cool, but you may need to spend some more time honoring the craft and learning so that when you come out, it's your own unique style, it's your own unique flavor, and it's something that people want to gravitate towards because they know you're serious and they know you honor the craft. I said before, don't get it twisted. You're not just attracted to E because he says the best words in the world. You're attracted to E and his message because you know it's coming from a place of sincerity and a place that he honors the craft and a place that you know he would do this thing for free and has done it for free for years if need be. Would you do whatever you're doing right now? Would you do it for free? Ask yourself that question. Do you honor the craft? Do you love it? And if you don't, you're in the wrong business. Hey, and I'll say, see, the greats, this is the hard part for people that are looking on. The greats make it look easy. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? In fairness to oh, that person that out there the that think you deeper than uh -huh. you are, the greats, I, I promise you, I'm watching Colby, I was like, yo, I got that same feeling. Oh, I look exactly God. the same. <laughs> I promise y'all, I look exactly the same as Colby. <laughs> now, I just don't hit as many shots as Colby do. But no, I, and the E is the biggest defender like, for, for making it look easy. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Everybody, like, you see E, so like you easy. might see somebody else who got like a ton of depth, like in terms of like, financial information or like, you know, just like a bunch of information that they researched from all over the world. And you might be like, I can't do that. But he just looked like he just got up and started going in. And so people look at <laughs> E like, 
Oh, he just kind of, oh, people, you know, the number one thing people hit me with all the time is when he speaks, they like, yo, I was saying the same thing the other day. Yo, that's how I, you know, that's how I talk to my friends. That's how I, and then you see him get on camera and, oh my goodness, you like, okay, no, that's not it right there. It is the same thing. We are saying the same thing. They not lie. Yeah, but no, I think you said, you said it though. You put so many years into it and for real, what is what is your you know credit score in the space? What have you done to gain that credibility? And I think that's where some of ease frustration comes from. Is it, it's not it's not even that you can speak, right? You talked about it at the conference. It's not even that you can speak. That's not what I'm interested in. Your character, like, do you care about the people that you're giving this information to? Like, like, do you care about them? Do you care about them enough not to take advantage of them? Do you care about them enough not to, you know, try to swindle them out of money, whatever it is? Like, do you genuinely care about the people who you're trying to reach and the people who you're trying to talk to? And so I think that was a great message. And one of the themes that came out of the conference in Maryland, if you ever have a chance to join us at a live event, I promise y'all, it was, uh, it, it was moving. Like, I was almost in tears at the end of that conference the other day just because the energy in the room was palpable and you could feel the people in the heart. And, and like when we walked into the to the space, it was just electric and you need to get around that environment. You need to put yourself around other people who are going places, working, going to the next level. So be on the lookout for our next conference. We about to go on a crazy run here. Uh, you know, my daughter is coming June 11th. So we, we, we about to get it in. So stay tuned to the to the Twitter, the Instagram, the Snapchat, the Facebook and all of that for the dates. And when we come to a city near you, because I promise you it's an explosive, explosive experience. And I'm looking forward to uh, the next one. And hopefully you guys will be able to join us. All right, cool. I promised Ask ET would be a longer segment. Let's jump into that. Uh, Ask ET, as always, is brought to you by ETA Grind Gear. Redefining the grind one day at a time. Listeners to this podcast can use the promo code SECRET TO SUCCESS and get an extra 20% off at checkout. That's SECRET TO SUCCESS. Get an extra 20% off, man. We got some new grind gear that's crazy that you guys are definitely going to want to check out. So go there and uh, check us out, man. The first question comes from John in New York who says, ET, CJ, thanks so much for the podcast. I love it. Um, quick question. I'm having a hard time staying focused. My mind seems to wander. I know I should be working on my business plan and things of that nature, but after an hour or so, my mind begins to drift. How do I stay focused? Yeah, I would say, you know, it seems like you, uh, you know, have a focus issue. So <laughs> routine is going to be important. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like a routine is going to be important. You know, I would normally tell you like to focus on your why, but it seems like yours may be a little deeper. You know, so I'm going to ask you to do a series of things, you know, as you are preparing, you know, to go into whatever it is you want to do. I want you to pick an environment that is, you know, the least distraction as possible. And when I talk about three o'clock in the morning praying, there's a reason why I do it. I got up the other day early when it was so cold. I decided to wait until nine o'clock in the morning. It was about 37 degrees and the sun came out. Um, But in my um, routine, there was construction going on in the neighborhood. Uh, There were people walking their dogs who wanted to bring their dogs up to me for whatever reason and tell me how friendly they were. You know, um, it was a lot of distractions. So that's why I get up at three o'clock in the morning. So find a space, perhaps, and a time that you can uh, do what you do with as least distractions as possible. Yeah. I even... Go for it. Oh, yeah, no, 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 finish up. No, no, I was going to say, I I know it may sound crazy, but I know people who even go into their closets. Like, they set their closets up, 
because it's not a lot of distractions. And when you close that door, it's almost like you, you're, you're with a sound engineer. You know, you're in this booth, you know, and there's not a lot of noise. So I, I would just say I would suggest you do that. I would also suggest that you have a routine so that as soon as you go into whatever your work is, you have a routine where maybe you don't take your cell phone in there with you, you know, and so you're not distracted by social media. Or maybe you take a book in and you read the book or you take a pen and a pad and you actually write stuff down because in writing, that's going to, you know, make you focus on that particular thing that you're doing. So those are just some of the uh, initial suggestions that I would give you, you know, to, ch to try to remain focused. Yeah, no doubt. And I want uh, to I'll talk to you real quick, John. Thanks for writing in. Um, I was actually speaking, and this is not me. Uh, this is something I got from uh, Coach Scott. Shout out to Coach Scott for this information. But he talked about the five, you know, a technique he calls the five, right? And so what he says is in order to lock in on any moment, and he works with, you know, a lot of NBA guys and a lot of NFL guys. And it was funny. I was actually talking to this. A kid called me the other day. He's in college, you know, playing ball and, you know, had some focus issues. And I gave it to him as well. So I'll share it with all of the listeners. But what he talks about is you have to be able to lock in on the moment, whatever the moment is. And so he, when he told me, he was, you know, talking uh, uh, about how he, you know, refers it to athletes and how they use it in order to get focused. But, you know, he really broke it down to me so that it could be used by anybody who's looking to expand their focus and lock in on the moment. And what he says is um, you have to do these five things, right? So he says the five stands for you have to first look around and look at five things, right? You're going to look at five things really quickly. So uh, for an athlete, it might be the scoreboard, the net, the court, the bleachers, you know, your teammates, whatever. But you want to look at five things. Just look around, find five things, and actually pay attention to them. The next thing you're going to do is you're going to touch four things, right? Touch them, like feel them. You know, like, for instance, my phone is in my hand right now, but I'm not actually thinking about touching my phone. Like, think about touching four things. The next thing you're going to do is listen to three things, right? You're going to listen around. If you hear birds chirping outside your window, if you hear somebody, you know, um, you know, sweeping the hallway, if you hear a vacuum cleaner running, if you hear whatever, lock in on those three things, listen to them, really feel them. The next thing you're going to do is smell two things, right? Smell them. Like if there's a candle somewhere near you, uh, your underarms, your upper lip, whatever, smell two things. And lastly, you want to taste one thing. Right. Taste one thing. So I don't care what environment you're in. You could be at your desk and doing this. Taste one thing. Just taste it and see how it tastes. And what happens is now you've used all five of your senses and you've paid attention to them very closely and it helps you lock in on the moment. Right. Because when you're using all five of your senses towards one thing and you're putting all your energy now towards one thing, it allows you to lock back in on the moment. So if you were thinking about bills, if you were thinking about taxes, if you were thinking about you know, um, you know, a crazy argument you had with your brother or sister, whatever, you know, now you are locked back in and focused in on the moment. So that's the five technique that somebody taught me and I've actually been implementing. Uh, and how he told me was, you know, when you get good at it, you don't even need to do all five things. You might just need to touch a few things. You might need to just listen for a few things, but it helps, you know, jog your mind back into focus because now, like I said, you're using all five of your senses and harnessing that energy towards one thing. So I would recommend that as well. Um, shout out to Coach Scott for that. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. And shout out to Coach Scott for teaching that. And actually, guys, um, he did teach us that on the Breathe University call 
we have experts come in. I told you guys that. So you need to get in Breathe University so you can get this information firsthand from the guru and you don't have to listen to me mess it up as I try to relate it back to you. <laughs> um, we, hey, you did a good job, though. See, by 85%. Hey, well, hey, you, I'm, you know, hey, I, I wanted them to get that 120 like Scott gave it to us. Um, so real quick, uh, we'll go into another one. Um, this guy, E, says, hey, E.T., I need some wisdom. Being an active father, keeping uh, peace with my son's mom, furthering my relationship with my girlfriend, uh, and working for myself are starting to take their toll. I need some wisdom on juggling these relationships uh, and not letting life just happen to me. That comes from Anthony. Well, well you just said it. Yeah, they go to answer. See, you know, I think anytime, see, you want to be great and you want to do great things, see, you got to understand that it's going gonna, it's gonna to require you to be intentional and deliberate. And I mean, it's really what you just said, those five things that you just mentioned, see, that, you man, you're going to have to lock in, like for real. You're going to have to wake up every day and be intentional and deliberate, one, about saying, this is what I want. Th these are the type of relationships I want. You know, this is what I have to make happen. And then after you think those things, see, you got to legitimately sit down and write down what are the steps that it will take to do that. How, how can I keep a healthy relationship, you know, with my, my uh, child's mother? You know, how can I maintain a great relationship with my fiance? What would it take for me, you know, to have a healthy relationship with my daughter? I mean, I'm being honest. See, like literally writing those things down or thinking them through very intentional and deliberately. Like what would it take? Would it take me going out to eat, you know, with my fiance three, four times a week? Would it take me going up to my daughter's school and helping her with her homework every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday? Would it take uh, me getting counseling to deal with my uh, uh, daughter's, you know, uh, mother? Like, for real, see, I'm saying, one, think think about what you want. Two, think through what it would take to make that happen. And then, you know my thing, see, three, grind. You know, then after you know what the plan is, you got to get up every day and make it happen. And you have to know that is not going to be easy. That is not going to be a piece of cake. That it is going to be challenging. But you, most of you know my life, and I don't have a, a, a easy life. It is very complex. But I'm telling you, I don't know how many of you follow us, you know, on Instagram or you know, um, you know, Facebook, etc. But the other day, see, I put up a picture for me that meant a lot. And you know, my son's in college, so he's not living at home. My daughter's in school, you know. But the other day, see, about two or three, we had an opportunity to do lunch together as a family, see. And I'm talking about, man, see, man, you talking about pumped up, excited. You thought you would have thought I was talking to 10,000 people in the room. But it was important to me, see, because I visualized being with my family. I visualized spending time with my family, and I was able to make it happen. And you should have just, man, see, my wife was so ecstatic, see. Oh, see, my wife was so geeked up. You know, you know, just being with family, you know, so and, and, and somebody would say, E.T., how do you make that happen? I make it happen. You know, I, I eat lunch with her every day. My daughter and her and I do dinner together, you know, every day. And every so often we connect with my son, you know, so I'm intentional and deliberate. See, it's not just going to happen. See, I'm just not going to be able to eat lunch with my wife every day. You know, when I'm not on the road, it's just not going to happen. See, uh, and then, you know, we just went on a trip to Miami. Now I'm taking my wife next week on a trip, you know what I'm saying? So you, you, you feel what I'm saying? See, uh, I, I, it's, not, it's not like, okay, I went on a trip with my wife, my daughter, that's enough. No, a week from now, uh, when this week coming up, we hitting Vegas and watch this, see, the, the thing that's so phenomenal is that I have to be intentional and deliberate. 
Like even Miami, my wife didn't want to go. I had to make her take off work. You know, this trip, she was kind of like, ah, I don't know about, no, you're going to take off, use your time, we're going to go. So you have to be intentional and deliberate, see, and you have to know there are going to be obstacles, but you have to fight through all of those obstacles to make, listen to me, to make your dreams become a reality. Yeah, absolutely. Let's move on. Uh, Tanner, uh, being ET, being 20 years old, um, I have a question that I think a lot of people have. He says, you talk a lot about finding your why, but what are some of the ways to finding your what? I think we all desire to be as passionate in our work as you are in yours. So how do I find my what? Yeah, I think you find your what, see, as a, in your why. You know, um, because I think there are a lot of people who think that, you know, motivational speaking is what I live for. See, and I don't. It's a, it's a, it's a tool to do um, not only what I want to do, which has changed lives, but it's a tool for my why. It's a tool to take care of the people that I want to take care of. So and I just want to make sure I'm clear. So I'm here on business today. We're in Minneapolis. I'm here to do some work for Lenar Homes. Immediately when I finished, see, I found a school yesterday. I found a school yesterday, see, a, a high school that's like, yo, we would love to have you come in and address our students. So this is why I do what I do. I love kids, see? I love helping kids uh, not make some of the same mistakes I made. I love helping them to develop personally, you know, socially, and some of them even professionally I'm able to help. So, so see, my speaking is not what, people think that, that all he just wake up in the morning, all he wanna do is speak. No, I want to develop, see? But speaking is how I do what I wanna do. So a lot of people are getting caught up on the gifts, see? Engineer nurse, doctor, you know, lawyer, uh, teacher, you know, uh, uh, athlete. See, that's, that's not what, that's, that's the tool that we use to do what we want to do. And so many people are getting caught up on the, the, the tool when the tool is not the what. What I want to do is change lives. What I want to do is inspire. What I want to do is break cycles. What I want to do is to be a bridge to help people to get from poverty to wealth. See, that's what I, to get for uneducated to educated. So that's what I want to do. So I'm hoping that this young man is not going to get his tool, how he does what he wants to do and why he does it confused. Great. Um, we got another one. We'll make this the last one. I know we got to run get ready to speak here in a minute. Um, and this is longer, so I'm going to try to paraphrase as much as I can. He says, uh, ET, I wanted to send you an email thanking you and to ask you a question. I found you on YouTube October 2015. Ever since I've, uh, ever since I've been listening to every podcast, every TGIM, and I just finished your books. It has all changed my life tremendously. I start grinding 120 at work and outworking my coworkers. I was the first to get here in the morning and the last to leave. Nobody could outwork me. I got a promotion and almost doubled my income, paid off all my debt, and have done some real grinding. He says, uh, however, I'm 44 years old with no family. I live alone. Um, and I don't want to read that. Seems personal. But um, he says, uh, basically, his question is, uh, I have a, he says he has a list of whys, but he does not have the family, um, you know, that unit that most people have. So he feels like he doesn't have a strong enough why for everything he does because he doesn't have kids in the family. He says, I grind at my job every day, but to be honest, my why is money, and I know that's not enough. How do I find the deeper why? First of all, see, I'm a, I, I, you know, I beg to differ with him. If, if he's doing all what he's saying he's doing, 
you know, it seems like he has a pretty deep why. I think what he might be doing, see, is comparing his why to others. You know, he may be looking at the fact that Jalen is my why, you know, but to each his own. So it seems like uh, you have a very deep connection, you know, with your purpose, your why, because the outcomes you're getting are phenomenal. I will say this to you, however, when you talk about a family unit. I think a lot of times there are things that we don't have because we're not putting the same energy that we're putting in the thing that we're very successful in, in the thing that we want. And what I mean by that uh, is that, yep, I have a successful family, you know, yep, uh, from a professional standpoint, you know, we're making some things happen, but there are some things in life, you know, as, and I, I mentioned this in our last success series, as a CEO that I felt that I wanted to happen that what wasn't happening and in building strong coalitions was one of the things that wasn't happening. You know, for those of you who saw me recently with, you know, Grant uh, Cardone, for those of you who seen me with Les Brown, for those of you who seen me with Bob Proctor, I'm gonna be honest, there was a time in my life where I desired, you know, to uh, connect with some of these individuals uh, and to get insight from them, uh, but I wasn't putting the energy that I was putting into that as I was having worship with CJ you know, and Carl, going out to lunch every day with CJ and Carl, having meetings with C and Carl, like traveling the world with C and Carl. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just gonna be honest. I wanted, you know, to meet with these guys. I wanted to get in this circle because this is what I do professionally. And I knew I needed those who had gone before me to help me to get to that next level. So I wanted to do more networking. I wanted to sit at the tables with Dan Gilbert and Warren Buffett. I wanted to do it, but I'll be honest, where your energy, where your focus goes, your energy flows. So I wasn't really putting the type of focus that I needed in, to do it. And guess what? One day I told C and Carl, like, yo, man, for real, I need to do a much better job as a CEO with building our correlation, uh, coalitions. And I started putting energy into that. You know, I started thinking about it. I started asking myself questions that I would ask them. You know, I started following them on their social media, you know, et cetera. And before you know it, each one of these individuals either called me or I was in their space and was able to talk to them and set up a meeting with them. So there's some areas that I am very successful in now that I wasn't two or three years ago. And I, I would say maybe you were working real hard. Maybe you're grinding and you're so successful. It's apparent in one or two areas. But maybe the family unit is because you have not devoted the time and the energy to actually making that more than just a wish. Hmm. That's good, man. That's good. I uh, I agree with you a thousand percent. Um, I want to I want to take this time, man, to just thank everybody for logging on and, and hitting us with the review. Yes, thank you. The reviews thank are going you. up uh, tremendously yeah, on iTunes. You. Listen, man, go to iTunes and leave us a review. Please. We're still far behind the best of the best in terms of how many yeah. reviews we have. But you know, for those of you leaving help reviews, us. man, and showing us that love. Thank you so much. Like I said, it really does help. You guys jumped us up into the top 10 of the health and wellness category by leaving reviews. So if you listen to this podcast on a regular basis, I know it's a big ask, you know, to, to, yeah. to go on there and yeah. take your time out and write a paragraph and just rate it. Um, but if you guys do that for us, man, it's a tremendous help in just launching the podcast into even a, a higher level. So thank you guys for doing that. Also, as you know, I like to leave y'all with ET's nugget of the day. Today, ET's nugget is brought to you by breatheuniversity.com. Go on breatheuniversity.com, check us out, connect with us, 
Y'all should have y'all should have gone there and log on just for the brunch we had the other day. If nothing else, the I know spread that's right. we had was outstanding. I know that's right. And I usually don't even like to eat like that before you know we speak or go to the conference or something like that. But I'll be the gazelle oh, juice. My, don't leave uh, the gazelle oh, juice out. Oh, the listen, gazelle we juice. We had gazelle juice. There the juice of juices. For everybody, like Rondell came with like a ninety pack of gazelle juice. Oh. And I'm talking about the real deal Holyfield, y'all. You'll see it on the video. I'm sure yeah. we'll edit it up. But we had the gazelle yeah. juice like in the glass jar. On deck. Like, they were, it, we didn't give them the like gazelle a juice on deck. glass full. Everybody, you know, everybody in attendance got a full big glass. And he of spent his own money doing it. juice, man. And so mm. uh, for those of you who, who follow E on Snapchat, you might get that more than the rest of the people. Not follow the us on Snapchat. Snapchat. Snapchat's going crazy right now. Yeah, Dr. follow us Eric on Snapchat. Thomas. That's Dr. Eric That's Thomas. That's right. Tell them where to go, Steve. Yeah, follow us on that, but if you want to know what the gazelle juice is. But anyway, man, breatheuniversity.com. Log on. Check us out there. Go leave the reviews. E.T., give us the nugget of the day. The nugget of the day. We are responsible for what we are. Come on, I'm going to say it again. We are responsible for what we are and whatever we wish ourselves to be we have the power to make ourselves so look guys you're not no victim I'm gonna keep saying it over and over again till I snap it out your head you are not a victim man take ownership right this is your life you can have you could be you could do whatever you want to do so stop telling me like ET this is out of my control ET yeah I, I get it you're right but I told you there are things within your control get your butt up that's in your control. Stop hitting snooze. That's in your control. Get up, get out, go get you something. That's in your control. ET, man, I couldn't get the job. Let me tell you something. I got my boy Akil sitting in here right now. He worked for Delta. Akil, how many times did you, how many times did you apply before you got the job? 60. 60. Say it over there in that mic. They need to hear. Carl Adams said, Akil, how many times did you apply? 60, 70, I don't know. 60, 70 times. For real. 60, 70 times. He could have easily said, and, and he had family members that worked there. He could have easily been like, it ain't fair. You know, they ain't going to hire me. I got family there. Why can't I get a job? He filled out between 60 to 70 doggone applications. Are you hearing me? He act like he, he was numb to no. He act like they didn't say no. He act like the 60-some the other times they didn't say no. So listen to me, guys. I'm talking about 68, 69th, the 70th time he filled out a job application. He got in the room. Some older lady, he, she loved him. He telling jokes, capping jokes. Listen to me. He learned from the first time what he did wrong to the 68th to the 69th time. He found out what he had done wrong. He made 68, 69 adjustments. <laughs> he made 68, 69 adjustments. And on the 70th time, she laughed. And boom, he had the job. And man, let me tell you something, man. Let me tell you something. He took ownership. So I don't care if it take 100, 200. Dedicate yourself to your dream and decide that you will do nothing but make your dream. You will not let anything stop you. So it's your boy E.T. saying, and that's the nugget for the day. I appreciate that, man. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Go leave that review. Check us out, etinspires.com. We out of here. I want you to focus on here right now. Don't you worry about when you get home. You make this, you concentrate on this opportunity. You don't worry about tomorrow. You concentrate on this opportunity with all your might, with all your soul, with all